0: Welcome to Resilience Radio, crushing the tough stuff with Kim Addis, brought to you by Frame of Mind Coaching, transforming your world. What I love most about the Frame of Mind Coaching system is that um, it really goes deep and it gets to the crux of uh, your belief system and things that might be holding you back from taking action or moving forward. So I came to Frame of Mind Coaching about five years ago and I would have to
1: say that the community of people that I am now involved with is the most invaluable piece of the entire experience. Frame of Mind Coaching has changed my life in every facet. My personal life with my kids, with my wife, my marriage has exponentially change. Frame of Mind Coaching was such a transformational experience. That's definitely one word I would describe it as.
0: And now, here's your host and the founder of Frame of Mind Coaching, Kim
1: Addis. Welcome. This is Kim Addis from Frame of Mind Coaching, and I am the host of Resilience Radio, where my guests are professionals, entrepreneurs, and CEOs who are experts at crushing the tough stuff. Today, my guest is David Berger. I'm excited to have David Berger on the line with me today because he's a local, and he is an essential or what we would call a a chronic entrepreneur. David, are you with me? Kim,
0: I am with you. Thanks for having me.
1: So you are the chief executive officer of a company called PoolSafe.
0: That is correct.
1: What is PoolSafe? What does that mean? What do you do? Who do you serve? How does it work?
0: Yeah. Uh, PoolSafe is a company that manufactures uh, a type of utility that fits into hotels, resorts, water parks, cruise ships. and, And what this utility does is it acts as a table as well as it acts as a safe in front of this this table, so you could you could put your um, uh, your valuables inside the safe. Uh, any type of belongings. Um, it's the same type of safe that you would find inside a hotel room. Inside the actual safe, it has a USB charging port, so you could charge all your electronic toys. Mm. It has a virtual waiter calling system. So while you're lying by the pool, you no longer have to wave your arms and hopefully a server will come over to you. You can hit a button and uh, a server will come over to you and place an order. So for hotels, we increase their food and beverage and we become a value add to their guests.
1: So let me understand how this works. I'm at the beach. I'm in Cancun, right? And I have a table beside me, beside my long chair, and that table belongs to the hotel. Did I get that right?
0: You are correct.
1: And that table gives me a spot to put my phone and my my credit card and my cash when I want to go into the ocean.
0: All your valuables, everything. Okay. You, no lo- you no longer have to use your shoe or wrap it in your towel.
1: Cool. Or put it around your uh, your neck in that plastic thing. That is correct. Okay. So, and while I'm at it, I can press a button on the table, not inside the safe, but on the table, and a waiter will come and bring me my pina colada.
0: Correct. Uh, this, you t- the pool safe itself acts as a table.
1: Okay. Very cool. So it's like my bedside table, my side table.
0: Absolutely, but it's it's green. It runs off of a solar panel, so you never have to plug anything in. It's transportable, so you can move it from destination to destination. Whether you want it by your swimming pool or you want it down on the beach, Uh, it works. It's uh, very versatile.
1: Very interesting. So, how long have you been doing this? And what I mean, how did someone come up with an idea like this?
0: (laughs) So, I've been doing this for about five and a half years now. I have been a serial entrepreneur since I was 18 years old. Wow. Uh, I own patents on different products from micro switches to baby strollers. And uh, the funniest is um, I'm sort of like a water guy. When I'm in the shower, I literally will think of things and then write it down on my glass door and I'll come out and I'll go to a drafting table and I'll start to create and things just um, go from there. They take life.
1: Well, do you know that there's a concept that's attached to um, actually giving birth to thoughts in in showers?
0: Uh, I'm told it's being a little crazy. But I no, sure it's, it's not.
1: not. It's not. What happens is when you do anything that's repetitive, like you take a shower every day, so it's repetitive, your body goes into an automatic state. And when your body goes into an automatic state, your mind gets freed up to think creative thoughts, to solve problems, to come up with really cool ideas.
0: Very so interesting.
1: It, it's actually called the breakout principle. Wow. Yeah, there you go.
0: I've never, I'd never heard of that, but that's great. No, because when I'm in the shower, I'm actually very relaxed, and and thoughts constantly hit me.
1: Very, very interesting. So you're running this company. How many employees do you have?
0: Uh, right now, um, we have six, but the company is growing. We we were we were the the inception was October 2011. I spent a couple of years designing this. Um, we CNC'd one of them, so we created one. Uh, and then I took that one around the world and I just showed it to different hotels. Everybody loved it. They asked where we've been for the last several years. So then from that one prototype, we went into production. And then I did beta testing for about a a year and a half. And then we just started branching out. So we went to the Marriott's and we installed in the Marriott's and the Mandalay Bay's and the Starwood's. Uh, and then as the company grew, um, uh, we just um, I, I started picking up staff and a small company of six right now. We just went public uh, on mm-hmm. April 24th, 2017. And I'd say every quarter we're increasing. Uh, I'm interviewing right now for more and more staff.
1: So I I have a bunch of questions. So how do you attempt to sell a product like that? Is that you kind of feed on the street knocking on hotel doors? Who do you talk to? How do you orchestrate that? Or do you have a team? Like how does I just want to understand sales. So you have an idea. You're testing it out. You're getting positive feedback. Now you're in production. You have a product. How do you sell it in in bulk really to the world?
0: so it is it is a very tough it's a it's a very tough thing to do it, the, we don't sell widgets or cars or something that the the everyone the consumers are used to because we're first to market and there's nothing like this we have to knock on doors we have to go to hotels and as we go to the the base market we go to the smaller hotel and then we go to an individual who owns five or seven hotels until we can start getting to the larger ones like the Mary and Starwoods and and the Hiltons. And because this is a brand new product, I'm the guy who wears many different hats and I will pick up and jump on a plane and take off to Miami and stay in Miami for about five days. And then from Miami, it could be California, Arizona. We have quite a bit in Hawaii. We are opening an office in Dubai. Mm. Um, So it's uh, as as it grows, um, I do about 110,000 air miles a year.
1: Wow. So you are the face of the company.
0: I am the face of the company.
1: So let's talk about scalability. I mean, how long can you sustain that? And what is the, what's the pressure point for you at this stage?
0: Oh, so when I started this, I had a lot more hair. Uh Um, I I, I, this product itself is 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 a great product it's it's probably uh, from everything I've created it's it's one of my highlights but I have to say when I go to a hotel and I show it to a hotel uh, they're ecstatic they love the product the problem in the hotel industry is people will stay Uh, And they move quite a bit. So um, their transition is is I could be sitting and talking to someone on January 1st. And by February, they've moved to a different department or they've moved to a different hotel. So it's a a very long process. Uh, We have two types of sales that makes life a little easier for us. One is a direct sale, which is simple, uh, but takes a long time. The other is we place our product in for free. And share on the revenue when it's rented. So it makes it makes the job a little bit easier. So when I'm talking to staff and we have two salesmen here, uh, it makes their job a little bit easier. Unfortunately, uh, since I uh, breathe, eat and sleep pool safe, I'm the guy who closes it.
1: So go back to the free then with share on the revenue when it's rented. So does the consumer rent the table or, or it's just a available bot- like the hotel offers this as a service?
0: Well uh, no so what we do is we create something called a blended contract and what that does is we'll put it in a cabana so when a consumer comes by and says look at I want your cabana and normally the cabana is a hundred dollars hypothetically when they take our pool safe and we, we create this contract. Now every cabana is $125. The $25 incremental that they just raised it, we get 60% of that. The hotel gets 40% of that. So $15 to us. And the hotel has put $0 out. So they have no financial risk. They have zero capital outlay. And they're making money from day one. We're making money from day one. We bear the financial cost of of building manufacturing and implementing yeah and and then everybody just shares and we do it normally on a three-year contract
1: so for them it's a no-brainer
0: no-brainer whatsoever
1: so that's your key to massive growth quickly correct okay interesting so what you you talked about the fact that people move around a lot in the hotel industry so you're trying to sell to one person and the next thing you know that person's gone
0: Correct. You have to get to a key contact that you know they're not going to move around. Unfortunately, when you start at a hotel and you you try to get that key contact, uh, they normally give you um, some of their underlinks who will love the product, push the product, but then move on. And you have to constantly keep calling and reminding. Very difficult.
1: Very difficult. So if you look at the growth of your business since 2011, you said, right? Um, what's been the biggest challenge or the biggest adversity you've had to overcome?
0: Oh, um, I'm going to say the biggest challenge for us here or my challenge is that nothing is built in our backyard. So we're based out of Toronto, but I don't sell in Toronto. I don't sell in Canada. Nobody comes here to lie in the sun. Mm hmm. So one of my biggest challenges is, how do I get our product to California? How do I get it to Florida? Uh, It costs lots of money to have me pick up, fly there, um, fly there with a pool safe and and make presentations after presentations. Uh, It's sort of like pushing a boulder up the hill. And then finally, when people start calling us and saying, I saw your, your pool safe on the internet and we think it's fantastic on your website, we want to buy it sight unseen that's when life gets a little easier
1: so are we there yet or not there yet
0: (laughs) so we're not quite there yet but it's funny because different parts of the world so in dubai um, we have a group in dubai who want full exclusivity and um, i've been to dubai twice and I've shown our product all throughout Dubai and a, a third of the world's cranes building hotels are, are in Dubai right now. And they love it, but they want someone local who can service or show them all our new features. So that's why we're, we're bringing in a partner in Dubai and opening up a pool safe office there. Mm
1: hmm. So uh, on a personal level, you're traveling around. Are you married? Do you have children? What What is your life life like?
0: On a personal level, I'm married for 27 years. I have three beautiful children. Um, two of them live in, in this country in, in my house. One lives uh, in Israel. Um, and um, I, you know what? It's funny because uh, my older two always say, Oh, dad wasn't around growing up because I've always traveled around the world for work. Um, My youngest one, um, I'm sort of there for her, but still Mm -hmm. it's very difficult from a family point of view that, that I'm always picking up and leaving. Uh, They're turning to me now saying, well, why don't you take us?
1: Ah. So what impact does that have on relationship, on your marriage? (laughs)
0: <laughs> so it's hilarious because uh, my uh, my wife and I are like best friends. Um, she enjoys when I'm there. I think she enjoys it more when I'm gone because she goes out shopping all the time. Uh-huh. but um, no, we have we have a we have a great relationship, and then every so often, um I have to be, in two weeks, in London and Paris, so I'm I'm taking her and my two daughters with me. So there's always perks that they get to have, but um, we don't have to be together 24 um, seven. I, I don't think it's a big strain on our on our personal life. It actually, I think, it brings us
1: even closer. Okay, you're used to it. It's your way to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And if you look at yourself as a leader, is there anything in the way that you're growing your company that causes you to sometimes scratch your head or say, man, you know, why does this have to be so difficult or um, causes frustration or annoyance for you?
0: You know what, one of these days, I'd like to invent a product that I just have to open my doors like Apple and have flocks of people come in and just buy the product. Every day I come to the office, and I have this big chalkboard that I look across and it's, it's hotel after hotel after hotel that I've been speaking with. And every day I, I say to myself, why is this person hiding from me? Or, or why when I call this person, they'll say, I didn't get your email. So it's, it, there's, there's these struggles every single day. And for myself... Um, I do shake my head quite often and say, you know, why today? Why today? And then there'll be those days that I just come in, pick up the phone and think, oh, this person's not going to answer. And the next thing I know, a PO comes across my desk saying they just ordered. Mm
1: -hmm. So if you're not getting people who are answering your calls, like what keeps you going day in and day out, day in and day out?
0: Um, uh, What keeps me going? I'm going to say I have a lot of ambition. And okay. sometimes, sometimes I wish I didn't have ambition. Uh, sometimes I wish I just worked for someone. But it's it's always that, that next step and that next step. And I always believe that there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And you're not going to get there unless you take step after step after step.
1: A pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So uh, let's talk for a minute because I know a lot of entrepreneurs are listening to this podcast and they're probably wondering about the fact that you went public. So what enticed you to do that and what was the process like?
0: So it's a very difficult process. Um, going public is not as easy what everyone thinks it is. Uh, it is a six to eight month uh, very grueling procedure that uh, you're constantly meeting with lawyers, you're meeting with accountants, uh, you're meeting with uh, the exchange. Uh, I'm flying from Toronto to Calgary to Vancouver. Um, it, it's it's a it's a difficult thing to do, but at, at the end of the day, uh, when you end up going public, it gives you, it gives your company um, people look at you a little bit differently, uh, a little bit more. Um, uh, They take you a little bit more seriously. Um, The reason that we did go public is that we're noticing these small little chains that we're picking up of three hotels, four hotels is fantastic. But I said to my shareholders, what happens if some very large individual that comes along like a Disney or a Hilton or a Carnival cruise ship that doesn't say to us, OK, we want you to build for five of our resorts, but we want you to build for 500 of our resorts. So myself and my partners at the time, we had um, fronted the, the company every time there was a, um, a demand for, for money. Uh, we each wrote a check. But, in this particular situation, uh, we would have to write a very, very large check as much as I would love to. Unfortunately, you would we need to start writing millions and millions. So we felt why not go to the financial markets and have them do it for us? And that's why uh, that's why we went public.
1: I see. okay. So uh, if somebody is interested in looking you up, do you have uh, a way for people to find you on the stock market?
0: Yes, actually, our ticker symbol uh, is Pool P-O-O-L, and we are on the Venture, the Toronto TSX Venture Exchange.
1: Okay, guys, get in on the ground floor. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. That's what you say. Okay, last question. You're almost there. You're almost there. You have a coach on the line. I don't know if you know a whole lot about what I do, but uh, we coach the ambitious people in the world, the people who are highly driven, who have big goals that they want to reach and find themselves sometimes um, frustrated or feeling agitated because they're not getting there as fast as they would like to get. And so you have this coach on the line. Is there a question that you have for this particular coach?
0: Actually, I do. After listening to this interview, I've, I've kind of reflected on, on some of my answers. And as you were asking the questions, I was thinking to myself, how can I, 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 came, I come into my office and I know that I'm driven and I know every day I make calls and I push myself, but I'm not so sure that my staff um, have the same type of fortitude or tenacity that I have. How, I guess my question would be as a leader, how can I motivate my staff uh, to act the same way I do.
1: Okay. So let me ask you a question. So I'm actually coaching you right now, just so you know, why do you think that they don't have, what, what do you believe to be true? Why don't they have the same degree of motivation that you do?
0: Um, I'm not saying that they don't have the same motivation, but they don't get the same results. So maybe I'm not motivating them in the proper way.
1: Are you not motivating them or are you not training them?
0: Um, I think I'm training them by telling them what I do, how uh-huh. I do it, uh-huh. but I don't think it's the same. I, I don't think people um, can listen to someone on the phone or see someone in a presentation and and pick up what they're saying. I think they adapt uh, to what they want to, that what they feel comfortable doing. I'm just okay. not sure I'm not sure that it's something that I would do. So I sometimes feel that maybe I'm not showing them the, the proper way.
1: Well, part of it is showing them, but you see, what here's a, a fundamental concept and it's very important for you and whoever's listening to understand is that what you believe to be true as a leader, the way you view the world, the way you think will dramatically impact your team. And so if you say, well, I'm telling them what what I do and I kind of expect them to do the same thing, but I'm not necessarily watching what they do and I'm not coaching them. I'm not offering them some adjustments or some help as I see them falling off or losing the opportunity that's in front of them because they're not asking the right questions, etc. And really what you're doing is you're busy doing the work. You're busy out there. You're busy selling. You're busy being the face of the company, but you're not taking the time to necessarily coach them. You're telling them what to do. I don't know if you're showing them what to do, and I don't know if you're coaching them as you watch them do what they do.
0: I don't think I really sit with them and watch them do what they do. I think they come into my office and watch what I do. I'm just not sure whether or not they're getting it.
1: Well, how cool would it be if you could sit with them and watch what they do or record what they do and say, here's what you missed, here's the opportunity that went by you, and here are the 10 questions you could have asked right there, or here's the moment where you could have inserted a testimonial, or here's where, etc., etc. Like, "Here's, here's what I would have done here, here, and here. And so then then it's applied to them. And so for me, what's missing from this formula is the application of coaching skills from a leadership standpoint.
0: I understand that. Yeah, I get that. Uh, Maybe I should spend more time sitting with them and uh, um, I guess absorbing what they're doing and giving them feedback.
1: Right. I'll give you an example, right? I work with people and uh, one person in particular, she's amazing. She's awesome. She's been with me for a long time. And she does some writing for me. And when she does her writing, she submits it to me. And then we review it together. And I say, here's how I would change it. But we're working off of her work, not mine. Right. And so it's applicable. And I explain why I I think it should be changed and how it would be more effective this way or that way. But we're working with her work. And so when you're working with their work, it's personal. They're interested. They're going to pay attention. They're going to listen. Because why? At the end of the day, if you make an assumption that everyone's just as ambitious as you and that they want to succeed as much as you, you treat them that way and they rise to that expectation.
0: I like that. That's very good.
1: Any more yeah. questions?
0: No, I thought this was fantastic.
1: Okay. Well, David, thank you so much. I am really excited about your product. I wish you a lot of luck. I'm going to look you up on the TSX. And uh, I hope that we're in the same town. Maybe we'll have a chance to uh, uh, cross paths again in person.
0: Absolutely. I would absolutely love it.
1: Thanks a lot, David.
0: Thank you. All the best.
1: So the journaling component of this whole journey has just been paramount.
0: It has allowed me as a client to... Dump everything that was in my head. It has resonated with me extremely well, and I find this to be a model that is so applicable to so many different people. It really gets to the core of things that, that might be holding you back. So for me, that's been one of the most profound things uh, and learnings about frame of mind coaching.
1: And my coach really showed me my potential, and you know, with the journaling in combination with you know, building this extraordinary relationship, I realized what I have to. Offer the world, and um, I loved it so much that I'm trained to become a coach myself. You've
0: been listening to Resilience Radio, crushing the tough stuff with Kim Addis. For more information about frame of mind coaching, visit frameofmindcoaching.com.